This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. In today's challenging world, it's very easy to start feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed. If you're experiencing any of these feelings, BetterHelp is here for you. They offer licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you're matched with a therapist in as little as 48 hours. You can also request a new therapist at no additional charge at any time. Join the 3 million-plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Holidays After Dark. That's BetterHelp.com slash Holidays After Dark. Hi everyone, welcome back to Holidays After Dark, the podcast that explores all the ooky, spooky, creepy, crawly parts of the holidays we all know and love. I'm your host, Kristen. It's finally the first week in October, and boy does it feel good. For those who don't start celebrating Halloween on September 1st like myself, the mainstreamers will now be joining in on the haunted festivities before we know it. All of the haunted houses and pumpkin patches and bonfires will be in full swing and all will feel right with the world once again. Not only that, but things will also feel a little more fun at work, because I'm pretty big into decorating my office for both Halloween and Christmas. Thankfully, I work in a small group of people, only six including myself, and we work in a closed-off big room that is all our own. They are all cool and are kindly very generous about letting me decorate the whole place until my heart is content. I love putting up some fake spider webs, orange lights, and of course a big bowl of Halloween candy in the center of the lunch table. After all, calories don't count in the months of October, November, and December, right? It does always kind of leave me wondering how many other workplaces really decorate for Halloween. I've been fortunate throughout my working life. My first job was at Hot Topic, which, if we're being real, kind of looked like Halloween 365 days a year. During the month of October, we were also encouraged to wear costumes during our shifts, and the company uploaded a bunch of Halloween music onto the in-store sound system. Even in the job before my current one, one of my coworkers went all out in the decorating department for pretty much every major holiday, spending what I can only imagine was probably a decent amount of her own money to make the place festive. She even helped organize fantastic Halloween and Christmas parties, which always had games and great food. It was one of my favorite things about working there. I believe she retired in the past few years after I left, and it makes me a little sad thinking about how the office probably doesn't recognize holidays in the magical way we used to when she was there. I'll always be grateful for the effort she put in to make mundane work days a little more special. Speaking of special days, this year my birthday is on Friday, October 13th, which happens occasionally, and when it does, I absolutely love it. I know some people would probably be creeped out by this occurrence. The number 13, and on a Friday, all at the same time? Like in the horror movie? 
but I feel quite the opposite. I've always considered 13 to be one of my lucky numbers, and considering I'm a pretty big fan of horror movies and all things scary, I love the association to the film and to the supposed bad luck the day is associated with. I, for one, can say that I have never felt the least bit unlucky on my birthday or any other Friday the 13th when it occurs. Thankfully, some elements of our world have started to embrace celebrating Friday the 13th instead of running away from it. For example, many tattoo shops are known for having special offers on this day where you can walk in and get a themed tattoo, sometimes for as low as $13, depending on the shop. I also love seeing all the Jason Voorhees memes that are sure to pop up on social media on this day. It just makes me happy seeing people take an old, scary superstition and instead playing off of it and making it a form of entertainment we can all enjoy. But all this talk leaves me wondering, how did Friday the 13th, a day on the calendar that happens rather frequently, become such a bad omen for so many people? Let's find out the origins behind this calendar fright. According to the History Channel, while Western cultures have historically associated the number 12 with completeness, as seen in the 12 days of Christmas and the 12 months of the year, 13 has had a long history of being associated with bad luck. The ancient Code of Hammurabi reportedly omitted a 13th law from its list of legal rules. While this may have simply been a clerical error, superstitious people sometimes point to this as proof of 13's long-standing negative associations. According to biblical tradition, 13 guests attended the Last Supper, held on Maundy Thursday, including Jesus and his 12 apostles. The next day was Good Friday, the day of Jesus' crucifixion. The seating arrangement at the Last Supper is believed to have given rise to a long-standing Christian superstition that having 13 guests at a table was a bad omen, specifically that it was courting death. Though Friday's negative associations are weaker, some say they also have roots in Christian tradition. For example, Jesus was crucified on a Friday. Friday was said to be the day Eve gave Adam the fateful apple from the tree of knowledge, and it was also the day that Cain killed his brother Abel. Eventually, in the late 19th century, a New Yorker named Captain William Fowler sought to remove the enduring stigma around the number 13 by founding an exclusive society called the 13 Club. The group dined regularly on the 13th day of the month in room 13 of the Knickerbocker Cottage, a popular watering hole Fowler owned from 1863 to 1883. Before sitting down for a 13-course meal, members would pass beneath a ladder and a banner reading, Those of us who are about to die salute you. At one point in time or another, four former presidents would join the 13 club's ranks, including Chester Arthur, Grover Cleveland, Benjamin Harrison, and Theodore Roosevelt. In popular culture, Friday the 13th made an important mainstream appearance with the 1907 publication of the novel Friday the 13th, written by Thomas William Lawson. The book told the story of a New York City stockbroker who plays on superstitions about the date to create chaos on Wall Street and make a killing on the market. 
But perhaps the most well-known example is the horror movie Friday the 13th, released in 1980, which introduced the world to a hockey mask-wearing killer named Jason Voorhees. The movie spawned multiple sequels, as well as comic books, video games, Halloween costumes, and countless other merchandise. In today's world, the fear of the 13th day of a month falling on a Friday may be a little more obscure than it was centuries ago, but it can still be seen in things such as many hotels not having a 13th floor. Next time you're in a hotel elevator, pay attention. Do the buttons skip from 12 to 14? If so, it's a sure sign that this superstition is still with us to this day. inherent spookiness and typically darker themes, I know I start thinking about superstitions more so around this time of year than any other. Some of them even share the same imagery and icons with the holiday itself. One of the most common and longest standing superstitions is the bad luck associated with black cats. Although I personally think they are so cute and used to own a black cat, well, she was technically a tuxedo cat, but close enough. The idea that they are somehow bad luck or the sign of a bad omen originates all the way back to the Dark Ages. Many older women during the Dark Ages were rumored to be witches and witch hunts were commonplace. Elderly women, especially those who were unmarried, were the main targets of this torment and their pet cats were said to be their familiars or demonic animals that had been given to them by the devil. Another medieval myth explained that Satan turned himself into a cat when socializing with witches, only further associating these innocent kitties with the occult. Even though the early Christian church in Europe coexisted with witches, as the church gained power, they saw witches as competition when it came to gaining the heart and minds of the people. That's when the church began hunting, persecuting, torturing, and killing witches in vast numbers. Witches honored the natural world, having deep respect for plants and animals. Therefore, affection between humans and animals began to be seen as diabolical, and the old lady who loves cats became an unusual suspect. Cats, much like the women accused of witchcraft, tend to exhibit a healthy disrespect of authority. They don't fawn over people for their attention, and they don't need anyone's permission or approval. In the church, neither independent women nor independent animals were to be tolerated. So why does the superstition surrounding black cats so specifically relate to them crossing your path and bringing bad luck? Well, since it was thought that witches could transform into black cats, one crossing your path could mean that it's a witch on a mission to harm you. Just as easily, the cat could also be the devil in disguise, and of course no one wanted to cross paths with the devil. Many fearful peasants of that time may have rushed to the nearest church after coming across a black cat in order for a priest to bless them and rid them of any curse that may have been laid by the cat. Besides cats, bats are also associated with witches. The legend goes that bats are gifted to witches when they promise their souls to the devil himself. Especially around All Hallows' Eve, bats were seen as a bad omen, as the world between the dead and the living is already said to be at its thinnest. Another belief states that if a bat circles your house three times, someone in the house will die soon. 
And if the winged creature manages to get into your home, it means your house is likely haunted and a ghost let the bat inside. Circling back to witches, as they are clearly to blame for all ominous happenings, they are also said to be frequent keepers of spiders. According to the tale, if a spider falls into a candle and is consumed by the flame, it means a witch is nearby. A more uplifting superstition regarding spiders is that if you see a spider on Halloween, it means a deceased loved one is paying you a visit and looking over you. So on this holiday, think twice before grabbing a shoe to squash your eight-legged house guest. talk about superstitions got me wondering, how often do people really recognize them or consider them to be a part of their life today? Are they simply old wives' tales that we don't really take seriously anymore, or do people actually consider them throughout the year? I surveyed my fellow holiday podcasters, and here are some of the responses I received. Mike from the podcast Advent Calendar House shared that when I was a kid, some storyteller who came into school told us to avoid having nightmares, put your shoes under your bed, but point the toes in the opposite directions. I did that for years, nay, decades. He also said that his wife is only superstitious on New Year's Day, but she is very serious about it. Here are the things she does. No cleaning or washing anything to avoid accidentally washing away good luck. They're not allowed to leave the house until someone enters from the outside first. They eat pork, collard greens, and black-eyed peas, all said to bring good luck. The pork brings luck because a pig scratches its foot by pushing it forward, not bringing it backward, similar to looking forward to the new year. Ron from the Filmstrip podcast said, I kiss my hand and tap the roof of my car when I go over railroad tracks. I had a friend in high school who did it because he said it was good driving luck. He also said, my mom did corned beef and cabbage with black-eyed peas for New Year's Day. Steve from the Uplifting House Sessions podcast said, First footing is the one that springs to mind. It used to be really common, now not so much. It is believed that the first person to enter the house in the new year brought luck. In northern England and Scotland, it was believed a dark-haired man brought the most luck. First footing is the tradition of dark-haired men being welcomed or invited to be first across the threshold. My dad had dark hair, so he was given a lot of drinks just after midnight to be the first in the house. My wife reminded me of something. Her mom used to open the back door just after midnight on New Year's. Supposedly, it let the old year out. Matt from North Pole Radio said he doesn't believe in it, but he does sometimes use the saying, break a leg. Sarah from Christmas Spirit News said that her dad has to sit in a certain chair in order to watch his favorite sports teams play, or they will lose. Scott from the Holly Jolly Ex Masu podcast said, My wife and mother-in-law insist on putting coins on the windowsills on New Year's. I don't know if it's Italian, Assyrian, or both. I think it's supposed to bring good luck and keep away evil spirits and demons. It doesn't work. She still spends New Year's with us. Charlie from the podcast Closer to Christmas said, I'm sure a lot more people do this, or I'm making myself feel better by thinking they do, but I cannot go up or down stairs without counting how many stairs there are as I step on them. Not sure why I do it. 
I don't think anything bad will happen if I didn't do it, but I don't know because I always do it. A friend of mine who runs the company Temporal Travels said that sometimes dice lose their mojo and need to be changed out if they keep rolling unfavorably. As for myself, I think the closest I've gotten to having a true superstition is when I was going through a multiple test process to get my first job out of graduate school. I continued to wear the same shirt to each test and later on to the interview, because it seemed to bring me good luck since I passed each step. I still own the shirt, and although I don't wear it a ton anymore, I still look back on it with fondness and still feel like it held some sort of power when it came to getting me through the rigorous hiring process and ultimately getting hired. Whether good or bad, totally valid, or just interesting folklore, there's no doubting that superstitions have played a large part in cultures all around the world. The next time you cross paths with a black cat or see a bat circling the sky, acknowledge its symbolism and hope for a stroke of luck to avoid a perilous fate. If you have any interesting Halloween-related stories or ghost stories you'd like me to share in an episode this season, feel free to send them to me. Email Kristen at HolidaysAfterDark.com, direct message at Holidays Podcast on Instagram or Twitter, or find Holidays After Dark on Facebook. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss your dose of holiday darkness. A rate or review would also be greatly appreciated. Thank you to my sister Ashley for editing and producing the podcast. Perhaps unsurprisingly, today I will leave you with some lyrics from the song Superstitious by the legendary Stevie Wonder. Very superstitious, nothing more to say. Very superstitious, the devil's on his way. Thirteen-month-old baby broke the looking glass. Seven years of bad luck, good things in your past. This episode is sponsored by Keen. Are you wondering what 2023 will have in store for you? Or maybe you're looking for love advice or to get a tarot card reading to give you some guidance on how you should proceed throughout the year? Well, look no further. Keen connects you with gifted psychics, tarot readers, and astrologers. All you have to do is create an account and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. Their readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. You also have the freedom to choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect with them via phone call or text. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. Go to trykeen.com slash holidaysafterdark to save big on your first reading. That's T-R-Y-K-E-E-N dot com slash holidays after dark. Feel more confident about your future by trying Keen today.